Hello and welcome to Reality Daylight. We switched it up this week. Uh, usually we do Survivor during Reality Weekly, but unfortunately due to uh, Survivor taking up 75% of the airtime of our family visits, we don't have as much to talk about. So we switched up the challenge, which had a great episode this week. Uh, so this is your brief uh, coverage of Survivor for this week. I am here with the one and only Andrew. Andrew, how are you? Hey, buddy. How are you? I hope you're excited to talk about uh, the family visits. <laughs> Oh, yes. I'm so excited to talk about the family visit. It's going to be just awesome to talk about people and their kids. Yeah, I, I guess we'll briefly start out uh, by saying this. Like, why did this have to take all the time? Why <laughs> is everything? Um, you know, that's the thing I questioned myself, too. Like, at first, it was endearing. Like, oh, we get to see these people who we've been rooting for for years and, like, see their families and see, like, what makes them tick. Um, But then for some of them, like, these visits really didn't like, do much of anything to change or help their image. I think, like, the person who walked away the best from these family visits looking the best is Tony, honestly yeah. speaking. Because he gets such this madman at it. To see him just, like, break down at seeing his family and to see how he just is so different around them, I think it just helps humify, make him, it makes him more, you know, it he brings more humanity to him. Absolutely. Like, I listen, I don't mind the family visit. I think it's fine. But when we start getting into the edge of this family, it's like, okay, literally all of these people except for one are not getting back into the game. And it's even possible that that, that, that nobody gets back into the game, right? <laughs> because what happens if, you know, Tyson comes back or somebody else comes back, the guys voted out who's still in the game. It's like, we just don't need it. We do not need it. Uh, that really took up a lot of the time. Um, so we'll, we'll skip over that. But the one thing I do want to harp on before we go is Sophie, Nick, Michelle. They have no kids. They're the only people with no kids. Should these people align? Like, what not it going to be more likely for them to, like, win in the end if they're not sitting next to a parent? Um, probably. But then I, I would like to think, I would hope that a season of all winners wouldn't go to that kind of criteria to say, oh, well, you have an experience, you know, having a child, so therefore you don't deserve to win the game. But I, I know. I, I really would like to think they don't do that. But then again, anything that makes you different usually isn't a good thing in your game. And this is just one of those things. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think this is something that they should at least consider going forward. But at the same time, I don't think you should take, you know, if you think that Michelle is going to win unanimously, I don't think you should take her to the end just because she doesn't have kids. Um, but I would say if you're debating between like Benji Bergen and like Sophie, I would say that this is probably something that you should kind of like, you know, put in the favor of Sophie. Um, so we also got the uh, immunity. Uh, Andrew, how funny was it for Tony to win his like uh, his individual immunity in a a guy who was so fast paced to win it in a game where he had to be so slow and methodical? I found it hilarious. Honestly yeah. speaking, it just was shocking to watch this man who has never slow missed a beat, never slows down, to awesomely win an immunity challenge where you had to be slow, you had to be calm. You couldn't be all over the place. I, I found that I found that quite comical. Yeah, I, I thought it was really kind of like uh, it was interesting to see Tony in different perspectives this episode. You know, we had the kids to kind of like uh, make him break down. We had this challenge to kind of make him be a cooler head. And he wasn't for, for, for a tribal. It was so chaotic. I mean, he wasn't even the most chaotic one <laughs> at the tribal. This whole episode, really, it just put Tony in such a good light that like I'm eyeing him as someone who may win this season right now because like i mean it's like it's very possible like you know i kind of was counting him out but like this episode like he really walked away just looking the best just calm cool 
um, collected. He was humanized. Just like all the things that are just the opposite of what Tony normally is. Like, I can't help but think, like, maybe he has more, you know, of a chance than I thought. I gotta say, I I would be so happy if Tony was the winner of all winners. (laughs) It would really put a different perspective on on Sanders, Queen stays Queen (laughs) comment. Oh, it would put so many different perspectives on that comment. And, you know, Sanders the Queen, I wouldn't mind calling Tony the king. king. King stays king. I'll call him a king whether he loses. He could have been first boot. I'd still call him a king. <laughs> so let, let me just get your just overview of the tribal. What was your just your overview of like what happened at that tribal? Tribal was messy. Tribal was another reminder of why all these advantages were stupid and unnecessary. Um, and like just the way tribal has become, especially more and more as these seasons go on. You know, I forgot what was the first season that these people started whispering at Tribal Council. And, like, now it just seems like it dominates Tribal Council, where Jeff isn't even really having a conversation anymore with these people. They're just strategizing at Tribal now. Um, And I'm not particularly, you know, too fond of it. I get that Tribal Council, to a certain extent, should evolve. But at another point, like, if these people have to whisper at Tribal Council... It tells me two things. One, either you're putting in too many advantages that these people can't properly plan, or two, you're not giving them enough time to plan. Yeah, exactly. I think this was Game Changers when it first started. You know, I do wonder, like, what what is Survivor's Endgame here? Like, obviously, like, it was fun the first time we saw it. I even think it's fun now, but I don't think it's as fun when we can't hear what the contestants are saying. Like, at least put a mic on these people so we at home know what's going on. Like, I don't know. Oh, no, absolutely. They, the people need to be mic'd if you're going to have them whispering at tribal council. We should be able to hear what they're saying. Otherwise, their whispering is really us just sitting there wondering what the heck is going on. And that's really not interesting as a viewer. Like, I understand if it's, like, actually going to change, like, if it's going to spoil, like, who gets voted out. But it's like, I definitely don't want to sit here and twiddle my thumbs while I see people just, like, whispering each other's ear. Like, I want to know, I want to have an idea of what's going on in the action. You can even put the mic on somebody who doesn't affect the game. Like, I don't care. Just, like, give us something to be entertained by. Exactly, something. And, like, I mean, I guess, like, the one thing I will take away from this whole thing is, like, with them not being my Tyson being voted out was kind of, like, a surprise to me. And, I mean, if you wanted that surprise, congrats, you got it. But at what cost? Mm Because it feels like if you're going to be doing this where we can't even hear half of Tribal Council, you might as well just shorten the time of Tribal Council. Yeah, if they couldn't short the, the strategy by much this episode because they, they damn near took it all for the family visit anyway. <laughs> but, That's uh, so true. But we'll, we'll go into the advantages that got three uh, played. Excuse me. Three advantages got played. We had Jeremy's advantage. His, uh, I forgot, I think they called it safety without power, I think, where he can basically yes. just dip out That's of the tribal correct. and not participate. We had Sarah's votes too, and we had Kim's idol. So I want to start with Jeremy's advantage. What were your thoughts on Jeremy using the advantage? That advantage is... It sets that advantage sets someone up to lose the game as a whole. There is no winning without with using that advantage. That advantage, because what, especially in Jeremy's situation, if he doesn't use it and they voted him out, he just lost the game. If he does use it, and which he does, he does use it. He doesn't get voted out, and one of his allies gets voted out. He probably is still losing. The, he is still losing the game because now he's not in numbers, um, and. Even if by some miracle he can turn it around and make it to the end, his allies are going to remember, you ditched us in our time of need. Why on earth are we keeping you? 
Yeah, I mean, this was this was such a bad play from Jeremy. I, I think there's a lot of things you could talk about here. The first thing is when you dip out, you are giving up the majority. Point blank. Um, and even if you think, hey, you know, the game is fluid, like anything can happen. Sure, it can. But you're sending somebody out because of your, um, you know, negligence to just get up and go. So that person's going to be mad. Anybody that gets picked off from your alliance right after that is going to remember that. And two, even even if it is going to be fluid, even if you're banking on it being fluid, wouldn't you at least want to take your chances and see if your side has the numbers or doesn't? And if they don't, then you can use it. You know, when you're, you know, more likely to be the target because there's less people on your side, uh, you know, up for elimination or, uh, you know, going to be like target the tribal. Or if you're if your side does get the numbers, then you can save this thing up until whenever it expires. I don't remember if it was final five, final six or final seven, but you could save it up until, you know, you really needed it. Um, so I feel like that this was such a, a bad move from Jeremy. This is not a winner move. And I think that we're really starting to see a lot more San Juan del Sur from Jeremy than we are seeing a lot of second chance from Jeremy. I mean, at the end of the day, like like I said, I think this power, unless like you use it like in a situation that Adam was in, where you're trying to find an idol at tribal council, and like you're in desperation, like if you use it like Adam, like no one's gonna ever be mad at you. You are going home, like you're like you are at the end of the road. That's a time that you should and if you have the power, you can and should use this power. But like in Jeremy's situation where it's these two alliances boiling down, like. It really is just not a good look to use it, um, and he does walk away from this in a worse position than I think, um, you know, he was in before the tribal council. Yeah, absolutely. But then, you know, once Jeremy dips out, Sarah then plays the double vote. What were your thoughts on her deciding to play the double vote after Jeremy leaves? That's the one thing I wish Jeremy had waited to just force Sarah to play her double vote first. But then again, if you're Sarah and you know Jeremy wants to play something, you don't really need to rush because you're probably fine. Either way, Jeremy's in more danger than you are, so you should force his hand. Um, so good on Sarah for forcing Jeremy's hand. Um, as we saw by the vote count, the double vote ended up being a waste. And I'm looking at the voting chart now, and according to the voting chart, she voted for Tyson and Denise. So with the, I mean, I guess it was a good split vote, but on the same note, um, on the same note, it just, I don't really think she needed it right now. Yeah, that's um, another thing. So similar to Jeremy was like, hey, a guy just left. Like he just left. You know, you should have the numbers. Obviously, if you're afraid of the idle play and that could come, be coming back to you, I could understand where you might want to have that double vote so you can split. Um but, but I do think that, you know, kind of saving that vote steal is something that she at least should have considered. Um, but if they did vote for her, like, um, especially since she knows Michelle is with them, or at least, you know, she at least has an idea that Michelle could be with them. Um, yeah, she probably shouldn't have used it, but I, I guess she just didn't trust Michelle and was afraid of an idol getting played. I, I guess that's just what it came down to is paranoia. And you see, this is why I always say these advantages get away, because I think about myself, like, if I was on the island... And I have all these advantages. I would be paranoid too. Like I don't, you don't ever want to be that person who has an advantage in your pocket and goes home because you didn't use it. So by the nature of that, you have these advantages that now are creating more paranoia. Paranoia because well, if I don't use it and I go home, I look like a real major idiot. Um, versus if I use it incorrectly, um, you know, I used it incorrectly. It sucks, but I'm still in the game. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's something that you always have to consider. It's like, hey, I'm willing to look a fool by going home with this in my pocket to potentially put myself in a better position long term. And that is something that everyone has to consider, whether they have an idol or another advantage. They have to consider, like, am I am I willing to risk this? Am I willing to risk my chance to game and potentially some ridicule um, by saving this for another round? Um, but yeah, and lastly, we have Kim's idol play. Obviously, we know Kim Shu's played the idol on Tyson because he got the most amount of votes. But based on what we know do you, at the time, do you think that it was the right move to put the, the idol on Denise? Uh, I don't fault Kim for that at all. I, I think, know. you know, it really, and this is a part of the why I don't like Jeremy re- leaving, because had Jeremy stayed, you know, it would have been easier for Kim to be like, let me just play it on Jeremy, who we know is getting the votes. Um, and it probably would have been an easier save. But in this situation, I, between Denise and Tyson, like I get why you would think t- Denise was getting the votes. You always play the idol on the person who you think is least likely to get votes because usually the alliance is more likely to vote for that person. I'm wrong. I said that incorrectly. You always play the idol on the person who you think the other alliance sees as the person who is least likely to have an idol. Um, so, like, she wasn't wrong for playing it on Denise. I I really can't fault her. It was really a toss-up. Um, and, you know, she did negate two votes, at least. So she wasn't completely off, but still. Yeah, I, I think playing it on Denise was what I thought was the best move. I really did think that votes were going to go on Denise. Just because it's like, hey, we stole this person's vote. That's probably the person that they're going to stack the votes on. That, at least, is what I would have thought. Um, so, obviously, in retrospect, it made sense to... Um, put the votes on on Tyson or or anybody else, I guess, at that matter. I guess you could have even put it on Kim um, if you thought that she was going to play it on somebody else. But, yeah, I think that was a real tough break for her. I thought she made a, what I thought was a pretty wise decision. Unfortunately, it just didn't pan out. Uh, you know, I, I guess one of the question is, is, like, should Kim have even played the idol once Jeremy dips? You know, is it like, hey, if I'm going to play it, I'm going to play it on me. But if I'm not going to play it, you know, I'm just going to keep it. Um, is that something that she should have even considered, either not playing it or playing it on herself? I think out of all the advantages used, the person who used it the best was Kim. I think in that situation, you should play your idol because numbers in the long term is better than sitting there and being voted out. Um, so I think out of everyone who used an advantage, that, and I think Kim was the one who used it most with the most amount of wisdom behind it. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I would say that, like, even though this didn't go the way that she wanted it to go, obviously, I do think that she basically had to make make up for Jeremy's negligence, right? So if Jeremy was going, I got to make sure that my group gets the numbers because we don't want to have this potential bagonging, which is what I guess going to this next episode we'll have to see. You know, is is Jeremy, Denise, or Kim just going to get picked off here, or is there going to be a little bit more fluidity to the game? Right, and at, at this point. And with these people who are in the majority together, I don't know if they're going to be as fluid as Jeremy thinks. Um, like, who, let's see, like, in this majority, was it was Tony, it was Sarah, Nick, Michelle, Ben. Ben. Yeah, these aren't people who in their past seasons have ever been too fluid when they're in the majority. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really don't see how that's a correct analysis by Jeremy. Um, literally Tony won his season by keeping a majority alliance while flipping on them and them being there just shocked and like idiotic about it. So, yeah. I mean, this, this was literally Sophie's game, right? <laughs> like, literally her and coach and company just like picked off every single person that came back in. Even when Ozzy came back in, they sent him right back out. 
Exactly. And like, if you look at how most people win Survivor, you win Survivor not by playing a fluid game. You win Survivor most of the time by having a majority alliance and just picking people off. Yeah. So like once you're in that majority, there's really no reason to give it up. Yeah, I do think this was a big misplay from Jeremy, and I do think on Wednesday. I don't necessarily know if he'll go home, but I definitely think that we're going to see some discussion of Jeremy going home for all of the reasons we listed above. Absolutely, and it's you know it's kind of unfortunate because I was kind of hoping he'd come in here and like prove like yeah, I belong with these winners. San Juan del Sur was kind of a fluke, um, and you know maybe it wasn't as much of a fluke as everyone thinks it was. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's going to conclude our our um our episode. I do want to give Andrew one chance here. You got anything you want to get off your chest, Andrew? Um, surprisingly, yes. Go ahead. Um, the one thing I want to get off the chest is, you know, the end scene where they are all hugging Jeff and thanking him for the family visit. Um, oh, oh boy. Um, we got so much time on the family visit, like, for it to end on that scene. Like, I get they're trying to endear to the common fan, like, oh, like, he's so nice. He gave them a family visit. And they're so grateful. And, like, I appreciate gratefulness. Don't get me wrong. I'm not some, like, Grinch or whatever. But on the same note, it's like you spent a good 30 minutes on the family visits. <laughs> if you're going to do that, can you at least make the episode an hour and a half and give us more strategy or something? Listen, they can do anything in the world. They will never endear me to Boston or Rob. <laughs> I'm sorry, this ain't going to change it. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you, especially because the episode had kind of like the uh, the weird voting pattern. We're like, OK, well, somebody obviously flipped. Right. Because we only had we only had like uh, um, three votes for Sophie. It's like obviously there was some type of flip here. And it turned out to be Michelle. But it was like, like, shouldn't you have showed the votes? Like, I don't know. Man. It's just weird. I just feel like a lot of casual fans might have just been scratching their heads and not knowing what was going on. Um, oh, I was scratching my head. I had to go look online to see what on earth was the vote because I had no clue. Yeah, I, for, for my getting off the chest, I got to give a shout out here to the Survivor Challenge producers for giving us a challenge that was not endurance based and giving us one that was anything but endurance based. I didn't care. I said I didn't care if it was a word search. Give us something that is not endurance. And they did that this week. This was a challenge that I feel like anybody could have won. And that's what I think needs to be there on all winter seasons. You know, I don't mind endurance challenges, but like, let's leave it to one or two in the merch. OK, let's not do three back to back. Agreed. Oh, 100% agreed. Alrighty. Well, thank you all for listening. We hope that you'll listen to Reality Daily for the rest of the week. We're going to be talking about the Circle France. Yes, it's in French. Uh, that wrapped up. Uh, they actually released it the day it wrapped up, but we finished it now. We're going to talk about that. We're hopefully going to talk about Too Hot to Handle. We're going to see how that goes. And uh, we're also going to be talking about Bachelor. Listen to Your Heart. That was a big hit in episode one, and we're hoping to uh, bring great content for episode two. So thank you, Andrew, for being on, and we hope that we will hear from you guys soon. Bye.